Welcome to Daily Drive Time Devotions and day three of our look through Mark chapter one. Yesterday we began looking at the introduction of Jesus in this first chapter, at the introduction by the prophet Isaiah and the fulfillment of that by John the Baptist. And then we also looked at the introduction by the Father himself at Jesus' baptism. Today we're going to look at two additional introductions, the introduction of Jesus with Satan in temptation and the introduction of Jesus to his disciples. The introduction of Jesus with Satan in Mark is just two very short verses. Mark chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. Let me read those verses for you. At once, the Spirit sent him, Jesus, out into the desert. And he was in the desert 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angels attended him. The interesting thing here is you go immediately from the mountaintop to the valley. It often happens this way spiritually. You go from this moment of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit at the baptism, and this is my beloved Son, and I'm well pleased with Him. And at once, it says in verse 12, the Spirit impelled Jesus to go out into the desert. I want you to notice that the Spirit sent Him to that place where He was going to be tempted. Satan was there, out in that wilderness, and he was tempted out in that wilderness, and the Spirit sent him to that place. Now, how in the world does that happen? Does the Spirit want Jesus to fail? Obviously not. The Holy Spirit knew that this was a place where Jesus would say no to the temptation. And he sent him to that place because it would strengthen his spiritual life. And I want you to notice that not only was Satan there, but also the angels were there. The angels were there out in that wilderness to comfort Jesus and to strengthen Jesus. You need to know this about temptation. It is a spiritual challenge and it is usually a physical challenge. It's a spiritual challenge, something going on in our mind, in our hearts. It's also a physical challenge, something we feel like we're missing physically. And I need an answer to both of those. I need spiritual comfort when I'm tempted. And the angels did that for Jesus. Now, you don't need angels to do that for you because as a believer in Christ, you have God's Holy Spirit living in you. That's better than an angel. So when you're tempted, one of the things you need to do is say, God, would you give me spiritual comfort right now? Comfort my heart to know that I don't need this thing that I'm tempted by, that you will meet my needs. But it's, it's important to realize that temptation also has behind it a physical cause many times. You feel that you lack something physically, or you may actually lack something physically. And you need to know that God will meet your needs. In this case, the Bible says the angels attended him. God sent him messengers that obviously didn't just spiritually encourage him, but somehow they attended him. Somehow they met his physical needs out, of the, out there in that wilderness. And God will meet your needs. When you're tempted, say, God, meet my spiritual needs. Help me to see within that I am comforted, that I am strengthened in you, and help me to see that you're going to meet my physical needs. I don't have to do it myself. I don't have to depend on myself. I don't have to follow that temptation. Now, as we read what Mark has to write here about the temptation of Jesus. This is one of those places where you really get the feel of Mark's gospel. In the other gospels, the temptations are described at length, and Jesus' response is given, and you get a paragraph or paragraphs about the temptation of Jesus. Mark just goes straight to the point. Spirit sent him to the desert. He was tempted for 40 days, and the angels attended him. That's it. You get the whole story right there. The whole story is... When you and I face temptations in our lives, we're encouraged to realize that God's Spirit will be with us, that we will not be alone. And you might even want to just right now in your mind recognize that a place of temptation in your life, 
that when God has compelled you to go to places that are not comfortable for you, places where you might face temptations, and there are no places where you don't face temptations eventually in this world, or places where you might face dangers that you're not used to. There were wild animals out in this, out in this wilderness. It's a moment to recognize God's promise. God's promise to be with you. And not only to be with you, but to use every circumstance in my life, in your life, for your growth and for God's good in your life. And so choose right now to focus not on the circumstance. Choose right now to focus not on the temptation, but choose to focus on God who is greater than the circumstance, who is greater than the temptation, and who can work even through the circumstance and temptation to grow you. Did you know that God works in your life to grow you through your temptations? Every time you say no to a temptation, you grow spiritually. So you see this introduction of Jesus with Satan. They'd known each other for a long time, but here's this introduction on planet Earth where the battle is still going on. And then there's a, there's a fourth introduction in this first chapter of Mark. There's the introduction of Jesus to the disciples. There's a lot happening in this first chapter of Mark. In Mark chapter 1, verses 14 to 20, if, if you get a hold, if I get a hold of what happens in these verses, it could change everything in your family, in your group, in you. Listen to what happens, beginning in verse 14 through verse 20. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets, and they followed him. When he'd gone a little farther, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat, preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men, and they followed him. Now, this passage begins by talking about John being put in prison. He was put in prison, we learn in the other Gospels, because King Herod didn't like his preaching against the sexual immorality that he was involved in with his brother's wife. And so he, he put John in prison. But that's not the purpose of Mark mentioning it here. Mark mentions it here because it's a transition in the ministry of Jesus. John has gone off the scene, and now Jesus and his disciples are coming on the scene. And there's these incredible experiences. Now, remember, John Mark is a friend of Peter. And so Peter has told John Mark what happened this day. Can, can you imagine Peter telling Mark this story, the day that everything changed? Jesus walking beside the Sea of Galilee, and he sees Simon. Simon, by the way, is Peter's name. His name was eventually changed, Simon Peter. He sees Peter and his brother Andrew, and they're fishing. And he says, come, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. Everything changed. Everything changed that day for Peter and for Andrew, and then a few moments later for James and for John. And I want you to notice two things that caused everything to change. First, first they left something behind. In verse 18, Peter and Andrew left their nets, it says, and they came and followed him. And then in verse 20, James and John left their father with the hired help. He didn't leave them alone, but they left their father and they follow Jesus. If I'm going to follow Jesus, if everything is going to change, I've got to leave some things behind. The idea that everything in my life can change, but I don't have to leave anything behind, well, you can see how ridiculous that is. But here's the challenging part to me. 
if everything's going to change, I have to leave some good things behind. Peter and Andrew left a good fishing business. James and John left their father the opportunity to work together in the business with their dad. They left some good things behind to follow Jesus. I think we all know I've got to leave some bad things behind if I'm going to follow Jesus. There's some habits in my life. I've got to leave those behind. There's some relationships, some bad things in my life. I've got to leave those behind. But what about the good things? You see, I just don't have room in my life for everything that I want to do. I don't have room in my life for every good thing. And it's often been said, and it's true, that the good is the enemy of the best in your life. So what are the good things that you need to leave behind in kindness, in love, but you need to leave them behind in order to be all that God wants you to be? Everything cannot change unless you leave some things behind. And there is grief in that. But in that grief, there's eventually going to be joy. First, they left some things. And then the second thing that happened that changed everything, the second thing that happened that changed everything for the rest of their lives is they followed him. Come, follow me, Jesus said. And they did. They followed him, and because of that, they became new men. They became someone new. And if you want to become a new man, a new woman, he'll take you to places you have never been before. He'll take you to experiences you've never been in before. He'll do things in your heart that have never happened before. It doesn't happen by watching him. It doesn't happen by studying him. It only happens, it only happens by following him. Maybe you've been studying Jesus. Maybe you've been watching Jesus, thinking about Jesus. Today's the day. If everything's going to change, there's some things to leave behind, but that's not enough. If everything's going to change, the positive thing that has to happen is right now, today, you decide in a fresh new way, I'm going to follow him. Why? Because I can trust him. Why? Because he loves me. Why? Because he knows what's best in my life. Why? Because he called me to. Do you hear him saying it to you right now? Follow me. Jesus, we hear your voice. And when you call us to follow you, it is, it is a call of love and significance and life. And I pray for myself today. I pray for every one of us that are thinking about these verses. Jesus, help us to follow you today. We can't follow you tomorrow or next year or even next week, but we can follow you today. Help us to follow you in this moment today to make that radical decision that changes everything. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen.